You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I suspect that Alindi, the man Rashid killed, was himself a mystic, a seeker. Allomancy, however, was a different thing in those days, and much more rare. The Allomancers alive in our day are the descendants of the men who ate those few beads of preservation's power. They formed the foundation of the nobility, and were the first to name him emperor. The power in those beads was so concentrated that it could last through ten centuries of breeding and inheritance. Ruin tried many times to get spikes into other members of the crew. Though some of what happened makes it seem like it was easy for him to gain control of people, it really was not. Sticking the metal in just the right place at the right time was incredibly difficult, even for a subtle creature like Ruin. For instance, he tried very hard to spike both Ellen and Yeoman. Ellen managed to avoid it each time, as he did on the field outside the small village that contained the next-to-last storage cache. Ruin did actually managed to get a spike into Yeoman once. Yeoman, however, removed the spike before Ruin got a firm grip on him. It was much easier for Ruin to get a hold on people who were passionate and impulsive than it was for him to hold on to people who were logical and prone to working through their actions in their minds. One might notice that Ruin did not send his inquisitors to Fadrix until after Yeoman had apparently confirmed that the ATM was there. Why not send them as soon as the final cache was located? Where were his minions in all of this? One must realize that, in Ruin's mind, all men are his, were his minions, particularly those whom he could manipulate directly. He didn't send an Inquisitor because they were busy doing other tasks. Instead, he sent someone who, in his mind, was exactly the same thing as an Inquisitor. He tried to spike Yeoman, failed, and by that time, Ellen's army had arrived, so he used a different pawn to investigate the cache for him and discover if the ATM really was there or not. He didn't commit too many resources to the city at first, fearing a deception on the Lord Ruler's part. Like him, I still wonder if the caches were, in part, intended just for that purpose, to distract Ruin and keep him occupied. In those moments when the Lord Ruler both held the power at the well... We're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. (laughs) 62, 63, 64. That one goes to 65. My bad. It's all good, it's all good. But yeah, okay. So these were pretty crazy. I talked about last episode here. Um, Ruin spiked Yeoman at one point. Yes. And Yeoman Yeoman had enough of a grip on himself and foresight to get it removed quickly. Right. He, He wasn't like Penrod. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, I thought that was really, really interesting. I, I, I had totally forgotten about that. So, yeah, I had totally forgotten he was Spike too. Until I was rereading, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, it just made me think even more highly of him. Like, we are, we are casual yeoman enjoyers mm-hmm. on this podcast. <laughs> Good character. Okay, so let's get down to the sixty-two. We get Spook's point of view. He's alive, which is pretty gnarly. Um. With uh, your background and a little bit of what I did, you know, before I graduated college, uh, him being alive is insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane uh, with what he went through. But um, yeah, so he's alive 
and we we learn about what's happened. We learn, of course, Beldred absolutely adores Spook. We learn that the citizen, ever since Spook was able to remove what had happened to him, um, he's become more accommodating and is actually like completely open to an alliance with with Avengers group and everything, like straight up. And Sazed's like just noticing all this, and he's just like, you know what? I need to just finish up my religions. And he goes and finishes up his religions and the last 10 he had, and he ends up feeling numb because every single religion in his eyes did not stand up to his stuff and he has dismissed. And he's just sitting here going, you know, there's no truth in them. You know, there's no faith. There's nobody watching over us. And I've confirmed that because every single religion we've looked through isn't working. It's wrong. It contradicts itself whatever that is. And he's just like having this internal battle where he talk. he's like, remembers him talking to other people about how you're supposed to have faith when it's hard. Like you're not supposed to like when it's the hardest, that's when you have to have faith, not when it's easy. And says it just in a moment there says, I just need something to make me believe. And right when he says that as Tinsoon's leaving, he's Tinsoon's talking to breeze breeze goes or Tinsoon tells breeze, to let the announcer know that he's leaving. And Sazed like freaks out and like like grabs this book that grabs the book that Tendril and him were working on and runs down and goes, What did you call me? And he was just like, you know, like the announcer. And he realizes, he opens the book and he realizes that the 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 Ruin changed announcer. If we go back to those epigraphs, Ruin changed the holy announcer to the holy first witness. Uh, to 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 trick them when the all of the all of Vin's religion there the the survivors religion well they were calling him that and he starts talking to Tinsoon and Tinsoon's like ah oh, finally like you're interested I thought you would take you a lot longer to ask me these questions and you know they're just talking and Tinsoon goes so what do you think happened to all of Rashik's Pacman all of his good friends and says it's like. Well, like, didn't they become the nobility? And he's and then he goes, wait, no, they were all pharaoh chemists. He couldn't do that. He would have made all all these lord rulers if you would have left them alive. And Tenzin's like, exactly. You could not keep a pharaoh chemist alive, so he offered them a bargain. He offered them immortality and says it's slowly piecing it together. And he goes, yep. He goes, the Pacmen, all of Rashik's Pacmen are the first generation. They are misrace. They are the Chandra. And Sazed realizes that, that the terrorist religion is not dead and he has hope again because that's one more religion that he hasn't crossed off the list yet. And so Sazed gets ready to leave with Tinsoon and Tinsoon goes, well, as the announcer, it is your job. You have to convince the first generation that the end has finally arrived. And that's the end of 62. So 63, we get Vin's point of view. And Vin wants to know why Rune chose her specifically. And... And Ruin tells her, which is, you know, kind of true, that, like, the Lord Ruler never saved the world. He just postponed the destruction of the world. And Ruin's power is, Ruin's explaining himself as a power that is a tool that everyone has to use to change the world. Without Ruin, there can be no change. Therefore, it's going to exist always. And so Vin's brought back to Yeoman, and Yeoman is tired and just looking bags under his eyes looking completely destroyed and Vin's like he's he's not a misborn 
why is he would be burning pewter and she works through a couple things and she realizes man the lord really hid a lot of things from us does such thing as an atm misting exist hmm so then just decides that she's going to be completely honest with yeoman because she has to she's like i have no other play i have to get this guy to trust me somehow and so Vin starts playing more on the Lord Ruler, having a plan about them finding each other and everything. And she just is completely honest with Yeoman. Yeoman starts asking her about everything. We're here to get the ATM cash. We're here for this. We're here for that. And she's like, we found all these other caverns. And she starts giving up the information all the way to the point where she's like, opens up a map and starts circling where she found all the caverns. And Yeoman's like, you expect me to believe this? These caverns are like completely random. They make no sense. And Vin's like, okay, like... You know, what's some, what's a linking denominator? And eventually she, she comes to the conclusion that she's like, do you have a map of like, uh, do you have a map of like the geological, like cash and the, the, the like metal, the mineral deposits. Like that. Yeah. Mineral deposits. And he does, and he pulls it out and she circles exactly on the map where the other caches were. And it turns out that all these caches were built around sources of metal, huge sources of metal. And then she goes, wait, the words of Quan were written on metal. The caches were built around metal. And then she pieces that, this together and she goes, does that mean that metal is a blind spot for ruin? So she she kind of moves forward with that idea and she goes, okay, we know ruin's looking for the ATM. And that's what she realizes. She goes, ruin's looking for the ATM. That's what it is. That's why, she, that's why he's doing everything. And she realizes it too late. She goes, no, we're only reason we're alive is because ruin's looking for the ATM and we're basically trying to find it for him. And she feels foolish. And right as that happens, Marsh walks into the room. And Marsh tells Yeoman that he's about to be attacked. By, he basically warns him that he's about to be attacked by Elend. And is like, all right. And Yeoman starts preparing the troops. And he's and Marsh is like, Yeoman, you need to give me all the ATM that you've been hiding now. Because if you if this city falls, we have to keep it away from them. And Yeoman's like, I don't have it. I'm, you know, I've been playing them. They thought I had it. I've been playing them. And Vin hears a scream, and it turns out it's Ruin yelling no. And Vin Vin does not believe Ellen will attack and tells Yeoman he's not going to attack. And Marsh is like, we'll see. And that's the end of 63. 64, we get another Spook point of view. And Spook is dreaming. And there's a voice in his head. And it's a... Uh, it's rough. The voice is telling him that there's important pieces of information that he has to know. You have to you have to tell her, Spook. You have to get this information out. And Spook wakes up to see Breeze, Beldred, and then Captain Gorodel even arrives saying, like, Survivor of the Flames, like, yeah, we did it, you know. Um and Spook realizes like he just he he's like he has a feeling. He goes, I have a message for Vin. I have to give Vin a message. And Spook tells them all about Rune controlling him and the citizen and that he needs to warn Vin. And they're like, we can't send a messenger out. This is this ash is too deep. It's too crazy. And Captain Gorodel volunteers to take the message. And so Spook asked for a piece of steel because this needs to be written in steel. And that's the end of 64. All right. So again, a little bit of... Yeah, good. We get some more interactions with Ruin, which I think was interesting. I think there was a, it was one of our previous episodes. I think it might have been a spoiler episode where I said there was a point when I was like, 
didn't they trick Ruin or something? And Ruin got really upset because he realized, you know, that they uh, that what he was looking for, they couldn't find it, that they pretend to have it. And it was this moment. And what I mm-hmm. was fascinating was Ben was talking about how Ruin did that, uh, yelled out and she turned around and he became like this spiky black, fo- you know, f- uh, form like this almost like smoky you know, billowing, you know, form and then like quickly became went back to looking like Reem mm-hmm. and he tried to like play it off like he didn't do anything. Um, yeah. But Marsh was like losing his mind, was like super upset and he was under Ruin's control. Um, and I think this is was the, this is the chapter also where, where Mark Marsh was like, Yeoman, you idiot! You like you're not like the Lord Ruler's dead. You're you're so stupid. You're you know every all your faith that you place was wrong or whatever. Um, if not, it happens right yeah, next it, chapter. Yeah, um, basically, but yeah, he starts berating Yeoman for sure because he's like, "Help me! Like, let, let, like, let's let's do this." And he's like, "You idiot! Like, I don't I don't care about you. No, you know this this like because he's like yeah, getting into that point. That's that's definitely next chapter. But yeah." Yeah. yeah, because because he thinks like the Inquisitor mm-hmm. is like basically like the angel of the mm-hmm. Lord Ruler. Yep, you're here because the Lord Ruler told you to be here. Nope, Lord Ruler's dead, you idiot. Right, but and so um, I thought this was also really uh, really fascinating because I remember when they were talking about uh, the placement of each of the the caches, they were like, huh. This is kind of weird. Like, why are these like small towns getting these like huge, you know, caches of food and everything like that? Um, and like they didn't. Well, I guess they did have the first. The first one in Luthadel was the Well of Ascension, I guess. But they were like, what's what's holding this all together? And it was metal. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in our. Um... In our wrap-up episode next week, we're going to have, when we wrap up the series, we're also going to have a trilogy wrap-up that's like, I guess would be considered our first timeline spoil spoiler in the sense that we're going to be discussing everything, essentially, that doesn't ruin the entire Cosmere and also doesn't ruin the other like videos, or the videos, the other uh, books in the Cosmere, but we're going to have our first like deep dive uh, into just the Mistborn trilogy as a whole, which is going to be awesome. But yeah, this idea of being built around metal, if we, we can look back, and I encourage y'all before we even release that episode, that if you're reading along with us or you just started the Mistborn or you just are finishing up Mistborn Era 1 and uh, you know you found the podcast and you're listening, go back and with this idea of metal being a potential blind spot for Ruin and look at everything that in the world building straight up from you know final empire it's pretty interesting there i mean there is a point of critic shaw i think it's worth bringing up here sure go for it you you made this point and i didn't even think about it critic shaw was known as the the house of a thousand spires and mm-hmm. they were they had massive steel spires you know that would just go up all over the place and the lord ruler lives right in the middle of that what yep, better place? The well, of, the well of ascension was right in the middle of that. What better place to hide than surrounded by a tall structure of metal? Yep, and that was just kind of his like idea, right? When Vin figured that out, Vin was like, 
oh my gosh, it's built around metal. Is metal a blind spot? And right, it makes sense. Why can't Ruin alter what's written down in metal? Well, could, can he even see what's written down in metal? Right. You know? And so the other thing is, is the question before was, okay, you know, Ruin sees and hears all everything, basically. So why would he not know where the caches were and also know what was inside of them? Well, there you go. We have an explanation mm-hmm. here. Yes, he could probably see everything, but he didn't. He couldn't see through all this metal, and so there's patches everywhere. And what is he going to do? Send you know everyone or everything into wherever all metal is, because it's all going to be underground mostly, probably. And of course, it's like, oh yeah, like they have a mining town here. So how do I know that that's a a cache? You know, how many other mining towns exist uh, in the Final Empire? Probably a lot. Yep. A lot. So, yeah. like, having just a couple, you know, be also storage caches, like, you just prob- most likely don't have the resources to find out, like, is there something there? And even if there was, the only person that would have been able to open them were, the, were our Inquisitors, because you needed Allomancy to to bust them open. Um, and, and on And on top of that, you know, during, while the Lord Ruler was alive, it's already kind of been discussed he maintained too much control over the Inquisitors for Ruin to really even influence them before he was released. Well, that's my thing, is that even if you were going to say, oh, after well of, after he gets released in Well of Ascension, why did he not you know, send his Inquisitors to figure it out? I think this actually gets discussed like directly in an epigraph in the future. It does, and so I'm trying to... I'm not going to bring that up, but yeah. it does get discussed exactly... But my point, why my point is, is that even here, like we're, we're discovering like there's there were things that Ruin had to overcome. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so we've been dodging around it. The coolest part, you know, I was saving it for last. Um, Rashix Pac-Man, the original Pharaoh. Oh, yes. <laughs> are the Chondra. The first generation. The first were generation. We, we, learn, we learn even more about that. I'm not going to say it yet because we learn more about it in, the, in an epigraph in the future. But, like, that is crazy because we thought that you know, it was originally just implied that he just genocide, like genocide the entire pharaoh chemist people and then just miss some, right? But it turns out, no, like he didn't just kill off his own people. He realized the importance of needing to stick around and make sure no one could challenge him. But he was also just like, hey, listen, this is just the unfortunate way things are going to be. I don't want to kill you all, so I'm going to offer you this instead. And Would y'all rather have immortality? And that was my, you know, I had mentioned previously that I was like going to try to write like a Lord Ruler fanfic. And I was, when I was researching this part, I was like, you know, these were most likely his closest friends. Like they were his original Pac-Man. Yeah. I mean, they were original Pac-Man, but I mean, these were likely his closest friends because yeah. if you think about like what the life of a Pac-Man would be like, like you're probably well, going to be in we, a very niche group that is pretty If isolated. we even look, if we even look at the epigraphs, though, in Will of Ascension, Quan told him to gather his closest allies to be Pac-Man to, for this trip. Right. So, so they, they were his closest friends, right. guaranteed. So, so it's literally stated that they're his closest, they're the most trusted people that he could be with. So he most likely would be like, man, I really don't want to just kill these guys, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he goes, look, I, I'll offer you something better, you know, something nice. Um, I mean... This also kind of makes me wonder or think. You can't strip someone of their ferrochemy. 
Like, because otherwise, you know, they would have, he would have just done that, right? Like, you know, it's funny because like, well, no, no, no. He did say he like, I, I'm taking your Pharaoh Kami, but I'm giving you immortality. But I think he only took the Pharaoh Kami by changing them into Chandra. Um, yeah, we can't talk about that too much because I, you almost baited me into having this conversation, but this is going to go a little bit too far for our first time listeners. Okay, here. so this if you want, if you want to have a touch, the Cosmere finishes. If you want to have a touch of the nerding out that we have in the spoiler episodes and all the details of the of the Cosmere that we debate, uh, that was that was kind of like one of them, like where we talk about the yeah. nature of of ferrochemy and allomancy and things like mm-hmm. that which that gets dropped here too like we talk about like how allomancy uh was a certain thing and now is a different thing like yeah one thing huge here like for if you if you're you know thinking oh you know this trilogy was nice i don't know if i'm gonna dive into the rest of the cosmere um you know it's a fine place to stop you know but if i recommend not stopping because if you look at this you still we try we talk about this we're talking about how cool the epigraphs were and how much they're revealing but this is literally like the first drop in the bucket of just the avalanche of uh, of lore that's being dropped here it is there's so much here that once you've uh, taken in the entire cosmere how much implication here like there's theories going around this all the time because we were given so much crazy Cosmere knowledge in and Mistborn, and the craziest, the the coolest thing about it is, this was all kind of on the release schedule of how Brandon released things. This was very early in, and what he released into you know out, out into the world, and he's just hinting at things that you kind of look at and go, this is kind of cool world building until you realize how much, how many implications all this has in the entire Cosmere as a whole, and you know sometimes even other stories in the Cosmere. It's crazy, and it's not you know it's not a spoiler to say this, but because it's an understood part of the Cosmere is like each a story or each like section of stories you know is usually dealing with some other type of magic system, and it's similar to this. Like what we're learning here is we're learning okay, this magic system exists. We also learned where the magic system came from, you know, what the nature of the magic system. And there's like a history with each of this, right? Like allomancy was this thing, but it became this thing because the part, the part of a God was consumed by these people and it changed over this period of time. And this guy happened to be able to use two of the certain magic systems at once. And that became this thing. And that's why he hunted these people down. Like, like like it's so cool like you're like i mean for me i mean i love this kind of stuff this is a this is the kind of stuff i live for um but like in other stories there are other magic systems with other Mm -hmm. you know histories um with different ways that they came about and different rules associated with them um and this is why i'm like if you love this if you're really really digging this if this is what you're into like you're getting a taste of it here and you're going to be able to see that yeah. in all these other places in a similar way. And the the craziest thing, too, I think Mistborn's fantastic. It's still my favorite. Mistborn Era 1, that trilogy is still, still my favorite trilogy in fantasy of all time. It's just that great. But the thing is, is this is still kind of baby Brandon. You know, he only gets better at pulling all of this off in his later books. And, like... It's hard to argue. Mistborn's my favorite, but it's hard to argue. You know, it's not 
nearly as well written as the Stormlight Archives, which when we get there is going to be insane. Well, to be to to be fair too, uh, this is not actually this is more like toddler Brandon. Baby Brandon yeah. was Elantris. Uh, yeah, there's a reason people are like, oh, Elantris. I'm not. I'm not here to rip on Elantris. It's just that there's a reason that people are like, oh, that's a that was a little bit. Um, different like the pacing's a little bit different mm. and everything it's just uh this is more what we're seeing mistborn is more consistent with what we see throughout the rest of the cosmere and it does just continue to get better um elantris is just it's different that's all it is i'm yeah. I, I, i'm not gonna say it's bad it's different and i think that's why people like kind of turn uh you know they get a little antsy when it comes to it uh yeah, yeah, yeah. there are some weaknesses in it i'm not going to argue that but I think that he was doing a little bit. He didn't. He had not like formed the way he presents things, and he hadn't really like really understood, you know, the way he was gonna kind of like address everything. But Mistborn is very consistent with what you see in the rest mm-hmm. of the Cosmere. So, like Elantris, yeah. you don't really see the same things. You see, you see like prototype things that that's that you end up finding later in Mistborn. But anyway, that's mm-hmm. that was my point with the writing stuff. Yeah, 100%. So I think this is a good place to end on this one. Um, We talked about some pretty good information here. And going into the next set of chapters, we are going to learn that Vin and Ellen and our protagonist aren't the only one with tricks up their sleeve as Ruin reveals one of his most devastating tricks at this point in the book. Hey, everyone. Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.